0: We're in the church militant, not the church on vacation. That means, of course, that we're at war. And although we've discussed this particular attack three years ago, it's important to review it again since our community has certainly grown. A perfect example of the problem turned up was already working on this sermon. Headline, Thursday, August 4th. Quote, Susan Torres dies after receiving the last sacraments of the Catholic Church. Close quote. Yeah, okay, so Mrs. Torres, may God have mercy on her soul, died Thursday after receiving the last rites. What's the big deal, Father? Well, right here in the article we read, quote, After spending over 12 weeks hooked up to life support in order that she might carry her baby to viability, 27-year-old Susan Torres, who has been medically brain-dead since May 7th, has been given her final rest just one day after giving birth to her daughter. Close quote. So in the article we're told that Mrs. Torres has been brain-dead since May 7th. So which is it? Did Susan Torres die on May 7th? Or did she die on August 4th? What does it mean when we say someone dies? When someone dies, that means her soul has left her body. When someone dies, what we're left with is a corpse. A corpse is a dead body, a body without a soul. So did Susan Torres die on May 4th, or May 7th, or Thursday, August 4th? If she died on May 7th, then how could her corpse give birth to a baby girl this past Wednesday on August 3rd? If she died on May 7th, how could her corpse receive the last rites three months after she died? Three months. Now the proved author said I can anoint somebody for three or four hours. This is three months after death. If she died on May 7th, how could her corpse die again when they removed life support this past Thursday August 4th it's obvious Susan Torres did not die on May 7th, she was declared brain dead on May 7th, but she didn't die on May 7th she died on August 4th when her soul left her body remember what death is when someone dies that means her soul has left her body when someone dies, what we're left with is a corpse. That's a lifeless body, a body without a soul. Brain-dead people aren't dead. They're alive. This Torah situation ought to make it clear to everyone here that we've got a problem. And it's a big problem. We've got a problem with brain death. People are regularly being declared brain-dead when they're actually very much alive. Let's take a closer look at brain death, this whole problem, by quickly reviewing a series of quotes. First quote, from the University of Missouri Healthcare Family Guide to Neuromedicine. Quote, this is a quote, most people believe death occurs when a person's heartbeat and breathing stop. This is called cardiac death. By law, the state of Missouri recognizes that death also occurs when the brain and the brain step stop working. This is called brain death. If breathing and heartbeat are maintained by machines, a brain-dead person will appear to be alive. The person's skin may be warm. The chest will rise and fall in a breathing motion. A heartbeat is seen on a monitor. But if there is no brain activity, the person is dead. Cardiac death is simple to understand. The heart just stops. Brain death is harder. Close quote. Cardiac death is simple to understand. The heart just stops. Brain death is harder to understand. Well, it sure is. It sure is hard to understand how a corpse will appear to be alive. It sure is hard to understand how a corpse's skin may be warm it's sure is hard to understand how a corpse's chest will rise and fall in a breathing motion it's sure is hard to understand how a corpse's heartbeat can be seen on a monitor it's sure hard to understand how a corpse can give birth 3 months after death and then turn right around and die again we've got a problem second quote from the New England Journal of Medicine March 7, 2002. New England Journal, along with Journal of American Medical Association, is one of the premier medical journals in this country. New England Journal of Medicine, quote, listen carefully, quote, some persons reliably defined as brain dead have clinically significant residual function as evidenced by electroencephalographic activity, unexpected survival, attempts to sit up, reproducible eye opening in response to pain head movements in response to stimulation most perplexing children who have been given a diagnosis of brain death continue to grow and pregnant women have delivered healthy infants up to 4 months after beginning a diagnosis of brain death Close quote. "that's not some kind of sick joke" But maybe we ought to think it is, because aren't we talking about dead people here? Isn't that what we've been led to believe, that brain-dead people are dead? Well, if we're supposed to believe that brain-dead people are dead, then can someone please explain how it is that the corpses of dead children can, quote, continue to grow? Corpses that continue to grow. Hello? New England Journal? Hello? Anyone home? Hello? Can someone please explain how the corpse of a woman who's been dead for four months can give birth to a healthy child. A corpse giving birth four months after death. Hello? Hello? Can someone please explain how it is that a corpse can make, quote, attempts to sit up? A corpse sitting up. Hello? Can someone please explain how a corpse can have, quote, reproducible eye-opening? In response to pain. This is a corpse that feels pain and opens its eyes. Hello? Can someone please explain how a corpse can make, quote, head movements in response to stimulation? A corpse moves its head when you poke it. Hello? Can someone please explain how it is that, quote, Some persons, reliably defined as brain dead, have clinically significant residual function as evidenced by unexpected survival. Unexpected survival. Just what exactly do these people unexpectedly survive? A car wreck? No. A massive heart attack? No. A nuclear war? No. What these dead people unexpectedly survived was death. Death. They unexpectedly survived death. Corpses survived death. That is unexpected, all right? Remember what death is. When someone's dead, that means their soul leaves their body. We're left with a corpse. A dead body, a body without a soul. We think Easter is so important that it's a major feast. But the folks at the New England Journal of Medicine think that the unexpected resurrection of the body is a, quote, significantly clinically significant residual function, close quote. We've got a problem. Third quote, excerpts from Not Quite Dead by Monica Seely. A casual, quote, a casual search of pro-life resources readily produces evidence of ten cases, the most gruesome being one described in the Journal of California Nurses for Ethical Standards, in which a brain-dead patient put his arm around the assisting nurse as he was about to have his heart removed for transplant. Close quote. A dead man put his arm around the assisting nurse as he's about to have his heart removed for transplant, with a corpse grabbing a nurse. We've got a problem. As I was putting this together, I kept thinking, this sounds like some cheesy 1960s Vincent Price horror movie. But it isn't. It isn't, but it ought to be. we got a problem. It's a big problem. When someone dies, it means his soul has left his body. Is there any evidence that the soul has left the body of a brain-dead person? If it has left the body, then the man's dead. He's a corpse. If the man's dead, then why does he have warm skin and heartbeat? Corpses that have heartbeats and warm skin. How do we explain corpses attending to sit up? Corpses opening their eyes and moving their heads in response to pain. Corpses dead for months and then delivering babies. Corpses unexpectedly rising from the dead. When someone dies, we're left with a corpse, a dead body, a body without a soul. Death means the soul has left the body. Death does not mean the soul has left the brain. As long as the body itself is alive, the soul is present. We've got a problem, and it's a real problem with brain death. And the problem with brain death is the brain dead are not actually dead. Brain dead people are actually alive. That exact point is made clear by Bishops Bruskowitz and Vasa and their co-authors in this fourth quote. From our organ transplants, Everly Moore illicit. Quote, not one criterion for brain death states that it is equivalent to true biologic death of the person. Close quote. Not one of the criteria for brain death states it's equivalent to true death. Not one. We've got a problem. Brain dead people are not dead. They're alive. Fifth quote, Bishop Buskowitz and the co-authors from the same article, Organ Transplants, Everly Morley illicit? Quote, When the surgeon makes an incision to remove the donor's healthy live organs, usually liver or lungs are taken first, followed by the heart and kidneys. The donor's body reacts with moving, grimacing, and squirming unless the donor is first given a paralyzing drug. However, even with the, however, even with the paralyzing drug, there is an increase in blood pressure and heart rate. The heart continues beating until the transplant surgeon stops it a few moments before cutting it out. In response to the increasing number of protests from nurses and anesthesiologists who sometimes react strongly to the movements of the supposed corpse, and because these movements sometimes make it impossible to continue the operation, transplant surgeons have come to rely on the use of paralyzing drugs. These drugs are used in the same manner and dosages as with living patients, but here they are used in order to suppress signs of life. In order to dissipate the protests, objections of the medical, nursing, and pastoral personnel, we are increasingly uncertain that the organ donor is truly dead. Close quote. We've got a problem with brain death. It's a big problem. Because the brain dead people are not actually dead, they're alive. And in many cases, they're being killed. Bishop Ruskowitz and Vass and the co-authors make the precise problems very clear in this quote that for the sake of time I've spliced together. Quote, When healthy vital organs are taken in accordance with the legal common practice of medicine, the donor is killed. The donor is treated and prepared for surgery in a way similar to any other living patient going to the operating room. After the removal of healthy vital organs, what is left is an empty corpse. Such removal is ethically Unacceptable. It is the removal of the organs that changes the living person into a dead one. It is unethical for transplantation surgeons to continue performing such procedures that mutilate a living human body. These procedures treat the donors as if they were artificially sustained biological entities rather than human persons worthy of dignity and respect. The removal of a healthy, unpaired vital organ suitable for transplantation from someone who has been declared legally brain-dead but is not truly biologically dead is not ethically acceptable. Evil may not be done that good might come of it, close quote. The removal of a healthy, unpaired vital organ suitable for transplantation from someone who has been legally declared brain-dead but not truly biologically dead, is not ethically acceptable. It is unethical for transplantation surgeons to continue performing such procedures that mutilate a living human body. These procedures treat the donors as if they were artificially sustained biologic entities rather than human persons worthy of dignity and respect. Evil may not be done, but good may come of it. Okay. Okay. If we can't cut the organs out of brain-dead people, can anything be cut out of actually, really, truly dead people, corpses, and used for transplantation? One of the co-authors, Dr. Paul Burns, answers, quote, After death, tissues such as corneas, heart valves, bones, skin, connective tissues may still be useful for transplantation. Note that these are tissues, not organs, and may be taken only after death because excision of these would otherwise cause mutilation or death, close quote, Dr. Burns. Bishops Brusquitz and Vasa clearly teach, quote, all men of goodwill, all men of goodwill must properly understand and explicitly follow the applicable theological and moral laws. These laws are, no impaired vital organ can be morally removed from a living human person. There should be no commercial traffic in human organs. People, especially the young, must fully comprehend that when they agree to be organ donors, they give transplant surgeons a license to terminate their lives, close quote. All right, let's get practical. What does this mean for us? They're trying to be faithful soldiers, a church militant, and by this means to save our souls, our immortal souls. It means, in the first place, we don't sign any kind of organ donation thing on our back of our driver's license or anywhere else. It means that no matter what our medical condition and how dire the straits we might find ourselves in, we do not accept any transplanted organ cut out of one of our brain-dead brothers or sisters that have been left by the side of the road injured, as we heard in today's parable. For those in the medical community, it means that no matter what it may cost us personally and professionally, we have to put these procedures in the same moral category as tubal ligations, abortions, and contraception. Evil may not be done, but good may come of it. Brain death is not just another way of saying death. The brain dead are not dead. They're alive. When healthy vital organs are taken out of a brain dead patient in accordance with the common legal practice of medicine, that donor is killed. He's killed. He's killed brain death is just another lie from the person standing behind this culture of death from the person who from the beginning has been a liar and a murderer it's another lie which is killing our brothers and sisters we have to reject it let's pray oh Lord Jesus Christ you taught us that the truth will set us free. We beg you, give us a true devotion to your mother. Send on the light of your truth into our minds, the love of your will into our hearts, that we may have the courage to stand strong for your kingdom and your truth against the lies of the prince of this world, the darkness of our culture, the culture of death. Amen.